Sanders. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone to Functional Medicine Research. I'm Dr. Hedberg, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to improve your digestion naturally. So, you know, if we go back a couple thousand years, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, one of his famous quotes was, all disease begins in the gut. And that's not true for everyone but it's true for a lot of people. And so I want to cover just some basics today of some things you can do to get your digestive function just working much better than it is right now. But first, let's just talk about what causes bad digestion. And these are some things that are pretty easy to remedy once you know what they are. And it's something that a lot of people are probably overlooking. So the first thing is eating quickly, eating on the run, not completely focusing on your meal, all of these things will result in poor digestion. So good digestion is done in a parasympathetic dominant state. So there's two parts to your autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And the sympathetic is the fight or flight branch. And that brand shuts down digestion. And that's what a lot of people are in while they're eating. Parasympathetic dominance is the rest and digest branch of the autonomic nervous system. That's the state that you want to be in when you're eating. So stress, it triggers bad digestion. You become sympathetic dominant. And adrenaline and the sympathetic nervous system actually shuts down digestive function. So it takes blood away from the stomach. It lowers hydrochloric acid levels. So your stomach acid levels drop and it actually um, directly innervates the gallbladder and the pancreas and it shuts those down as well. So the pancreas releases good digestive enzymes for protein, fats, and carbs. And then the gallbladder releases bile to digest fat. Those organs are are compromised when you're sympathetic dominant. So if you're under a lot of stress while you're eating, your acid levels are going to drop, your pancreatic function is going to drop, and your gallbladder is going to drop in function. So there are a number, you can't, it's not just being stressed when you're eating that's going to do this. It's actually like watching television, uh, reading something texting on your phones, checking Facebook and Twitter and social media, all of those things are going to kick you into a sympathetic dominant state. So you need to be completely focused on your meal while you're eating. The second big thing is antibiotics. So antibiotics, the more antibiotics you've taken in your life, the more likely you are to have digestive problems. Each time you take an antibiotic, it alters the genes of the bacteria in your gut 
it alters their behavior, and it takes about 13 months just to recover from a single round of antibiotics. So a lot of people think that you just take antibiotics for 7 to 10 days, and uh, then you're done, and then everything just kind of re-regulates. Well, that's actually not true. It takes over a year for your gut just to recover from a single round. So you're looking at about a year of gut problems just from a single round of antibiotics. Uh, so those are pretty devastating. And we actually know that there's a cumulative effect on these antibiotics. So the more rounds you've taken, the greater the cumulative effect and the greater the disruption in your microbiota. Uh, the third thing is birth control pills. And this is something that is often overlooked, oral contraceptives. These are devastating, not just on the gut, but on the body. And they just rinse out massive amounts of nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that are very important for your body and your gut health. And birth control pills are also linked to inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. Uh, magnesium, zinc, folic acid, a number of, of nutrients are depleted from these these uh, medications. So in one sense, it was a phenomenal invention uh, for women, but at the same time, it's had some pretty devastating health consequences. So the longer you've been on birth control pills, the more likely you are to have uh, digestive problems. The next is dental infections. So if you have bad bacteria in the mouth that are overgrowing, you're going to be constantly be swallowing those, and they're also going to get into the food that you're eating when you're chewing. And these can be inflammatory bacteria in your gums and around your teeth, and it's all going to end up in your gut. So you can eat well, you can heal your gut, but if the issue is coming from your teeth, you're just going to continue to re-inflame and uh, cause imbalances in your gut microbiota if, you're, if the issue is beginning in the teeth. And then we can also kind of include there the sinuses. So if you have a low-grade or a chronic sinus infection, and you're swallowing that, so it drips back into the back of the throat, you swallow it, and those bacteria from the sinuses get into the gut as well and cause dysbiosis and gut issues. So you have to think from the top down if things really aren't working out for you uh, with other gut healing plans. Antacids, proton pump inhibitors, these wipe out your stomach acid, and stomach acid is really the foundation once the food hits your stomach and how it's going to be uh, metabolized and how your immune system is going to deal with it once it gets into the small intestine. So that acid in your stomach, it kills parasites and bad bacteria and it's kind of the first line of defense. And then you also need it to break down protein, fats, carbs, and to ensure that the minerals and the vitamins that you're eating are ready to be absorbed as well. So we see many, many nutrient deficiencies when someone has been on antacids. So what happens is the, the acid levels drop from the antacid. So you have 
really poorly digested food getting into the small intestine and that causes inflammation and dysbiosis and that will irritate the gallbladder and the pancreas so they're not going to really function well either so stomach acid is just really key and the question is why are you on an antacid it's usually because you have heartburn also known as GERD and GERD is is not that difficult to get under control like I'm not going to cover all that now but you've just got to find the underlying cause of the GERD and fix that and then these these um acid lowering medications just aren't required in the long run so those are some of the big ones that result in in poor digestion i could also throw in their portion size if the sizes are are too big that can be an issue as well let's talk about a few specific conditions and infections the first is h pylori helicobacter pylori that's a bacteria in your stomach and it tends to overgrow when someone is under a lot of stress and h pylori will suppress stomach acid production and it's also linked to heartburn and uh, different autoimmune diseases like hashimoto's disease and graves disease and then h pylori also can cause ulcers small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO that's too many or uh, dysbiotic bacteria in the small intestine and that causes the symptoms of IBS irritable bowel syndrome and if you've taken a lot of antibiotics in your life and you've been chronically constipated then there's a good chance you'll have SIBO of course the more antibiotics you've taken the more likely you are to have it but we're learning a lot recently about SIBO and so there's kind of a uh, renaming a reclassification of SIBO just at the time of this recording a lot has come out just in the last month in the SIBO research but if you have symptoms of IBS you may have SIBO and that'll cause bad digestion and then just some other conditions to be aware of that can lead to low stomach acid and bad digestion would be hypothyroidism so your thyroid is important for stomach acid production so if you're hypothyroid that'll drop and so that would include Hashimoto's disease and then hyperthyroidism due to graves can also cause bad digestion stress we talked about zinc is required for hydrochloric acid production so a zinc deficiency which is pretty common can lead to issues and the B vitamins are also required for stomach acid production. That can result in, in poor digestion. And any, and any kind of intestinal infection like parasites, yeast, viruses, or bacteria, leaky gut, and then food sensitivities are also a big one. So if you're sensitive to gluten or dairy, sugar, um, nightshades, tree nuts like almonds, peanuts, grains, there's just a lot of different very common food sensitivities that can wipe out your digestion, gallstones, and celiac disease. I'd like to take a quick moment to make you aware of some important resources that are available to you. The first is to make you aware that I not only see patients in my practice in Asheville, North Carolina, 
but I also have a virtual practice where I consult with patients worldwide through telehealth. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, we could consult through our telehealth software. The second resource is the resources page on my website, where I list all of the supplements and products I use both personally and in my practice. This can be found at drhedberg.com forward slash resources. And the third resource is for healthcare practitioners who want to learn functional medicine or improve their functional medicine skills. I offer online functional medicine courses at the Hedberg Institute, which is my online functional medicine education platform. You can see all the courses I offer at hedberginstitute.com and sign up to watch a sample course video at no charge. That's hedberginstitute.com. And now back to the show. So now let's talk about what you can do to improve digestion. And a lot of these might seem very simple, but they're going to have a big impact. So the first is you want to chew your food slowly and completely until it's liquefied and then swallow it. So your stomach doesn't have teeth. So the more work you can do in your mouth, the less work your gut is going to have to do. Make sure you're in a quiet, comfortable place. Again, no TV. Don't read anything. Don't look at your cell phone or your computer. Just make sure it's you and your meal. You could put some nice music on. And ideally, you want to be eating with someone. And of course, don't talk uh, politics while you're eating and stuff like that. Anything that's going to create a, a sympathetic dominant state. So don't eat on the run. I mentioned that before. Make sure you put time aside for each meal. Keep your portion sizes uh, the right size. And you can use your fist for this. So a minimum of one fist size of vegetables. A minimum of one palm size of protein. Small handful of carbs. And one or two thumb sizes of fat. You can use your hand to figure out your portions. You can squeeze lemon or lime in some water. That can help. And don't drink ice water with your meals. Whenever I'm out eating out, I always ask for water with no ice and some lemon. You can take some herbal bitters, also known as Swedish bitters. These are herbs that stimulate digestion. So they're going to taste very bitter, but that bitterness of the herbs stimulates hydrochloric acid, uh, the gallbladder, and the pancreas. And it also stimulates motility of the gut. So if you have sluggish digestion, constipation, bloating, burping, a lot of gas, herbal bitters uh, can help a lot of people. And usually I'll have people take them for about eight weeks and then the effects are lasting after that. And then they just kind of take them as needed. Herbal bitters usually come in tinctures. And so just uh, about 30 drops, uh, about a half a teaspoon of the tincture in a little bit of water. Drink it before your meal. That's the way to go. And then you can also use apple cider vinegar. A tablespoon in a full-size glass of water you want. You really want a good eight ounces of water so that the, the vinegar doesn't eat away at the enamel on your teeth. 
and then you can also use a straw and bypass the teeth that way if you are very concerned about your tooth enamel put your utensils down your fork your spoon your chopsticks down in between bites ginger tea you can sip with meals you can add some lemon to that and have some lemon ginger tea and you can drink ginger tea during your meals and you can also drink it in between meals because uh, ginger is what's called a prokinetic meaning that it stimulates it's called a migrating motor complex in the small intestine and it'll help move food through your gut in between meals and that's excellent for people with chronic constipation and then don't forget to breathe deeply through your belly while you're eating. Breathing will kick you over into a parasympathetic dominant state, and that'll help your digestion. So what about digestive enzymes? I'll just kind of briefly cover my top three favorite enzyme products. I do use these quite a bit because they work so well, and they work obviously they work very quickly. The first is called betaine HCL, and this helps to restore healthy hydrochloric acid levels in your stomach. I like the betaine HCL from Moss Nutrition. It's not derived from animal products, so I can use it with my vegetarian and vegan patients. And just one capsule with each meal is usually enough. If the digestion is really bad, then I'll have the patient take a little bit more, maybe two or three capsules. As long as it doesn't cause burning or stomach discomfort or pain, then the dose should be fine. So if you have a lot of burping after meals or bloating, that's a good sign that your acid levels are low, and that would be a good indicator for betaine HCL. The next is the pancreatic enzyme blends and these usually have enzymes and betaine hcl and some herbs some herbal bitters to support digestion i like the pancreatin select from moss nutrition and it has protease to digest proteins lipase to digest fats amylase to digest carbs and then it has betaine hcl and then it has ox bile to digest fats. And it also has two herbal bitters, which I like. It has artichoke leaf and gentian root. And these are great herbal bitters to stimulate digestion. And then they've added a little extra lipase in it for enhanced fat digestion. I like that formula because it just kind of covers all the bases. The stomach acid, the bile, the pancreatic enzymes and the herbal bitters, so you're not really missing any aspect of digestion. One capsule with each meal is good, and you can take more, sometimes two or three with each meal, but just use the same indications as I noted about betaine with the burning, uh, discomfort, or pain. That tells you if you're taking too much. And then the third are the plant-based enzyme blends. These are ideal for vegetarians and vegans since they're 100% plant-based. I like the Digest Select from Moss Nutrition. It has the amylase, the protease, the lipase, the lactase, and the alpha-galactosidase enzymes. And those help to break down milk sugar and lactose 
uh, from dairy. If, if you're working with a, a, a lacto-ovo-vegetarian who does consume a little bit of dairy, this will work well. And this also breaks down starches found in beans, grains, and cruciferous vegetables. So one capsule per meal is usually enough. Uh, but if, you, if it's a really large meal, you can take two. And you can combine the Digest Select and the Betaine HCL for a stronger digestive support. And those are both uh, animal-free, so they can be used in vegans and vegetarians. And so any of those enzymes usually are taken for four to eight weeks until the gut is healed and digestion is strengthened again. But they can be taken for longer than that as needed. And lastly, I just wanted to put in a brief word about probiotics and prebiotics. So probiotic and prebiotic-rich foods, they have healthy bacteria that feed your gut bacteria and can improve digestion. These are things like yogurt, kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, things like that. But in some cases, those types of foods can make digestion worse. And that's for people who have things like SIBO and IBS, if they have a lot of dysbiosis, if they have a lot of histamine, that can also be an issue. So if you notice any increased bloating and gas, cramping, any kind of unwanted digestive symptoms, these probiotic and prebiotic rich foods would not be a good idea for you right now. And it's a great diagnostic tool, though, because it tells you if there's something going on in your gut that needs to be evaluated a little bit deeper. So those are good in a healthy gut, but not necessarily good when there are imbalances. So digestion requires a lot of energy and resources. So you really need to do everything you can to take stress off your body while you're eating and after. And that's really going to have the greatest impact on your digestive health. And you'll really be amazed how much better you feel when you start doing some of these things that I mentioned to improve your digestion. Just the fact of chewing your food until it's completely liquefied is going to reduce the amount of energy and work your gut has to do. And that energy can be used for other things like your brain and your muscles and your metabolism and everything else. So these are things that uh, you don't want to overlook. So if you go to drhedberg.com and just search for how to improve digestion, you'll see my full article there with links to the products I mentioned and everything else, all the strategies I mentioned are all laid out in my article on improving digestion. So hope this was helpful. Take care, everyone, and I will talk to you next time. If you enjoy The Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.